Human design is a part science, part spiritual system that tells you who you came here to be. You have your own blueprint, your own way of becoming successful, your own way your dreams are going to come true, the way you'll experience the most joy and fulfillment. The instruction manual for how to move through the world is custom to you. When you act according to that manual, when you act as the real you, everything in life comes to you with more ease and less resistance. We all know we're different, yet we're still acting like there's one way to do life. Let's talk about it. To find out your design and the designs of the people in your life, you can visit myhumandesign.com or download the My Human Design app in the App Store and on Google Play. Hi, loves. Um, I wanted to share some things that are circling around me some topics that I keep noticing over and over again as we are moving through this uh, void and as we are kind of understanding that it's time to spiritually grow up and I just want to tell you that if you're for the first time in your life really spending time asking yourself the deep existential questions like what is this all for or why even bother or what actually means something to me or feeling like you don't care about so many things or personas about yourself that you used to. And simultaneously, you're like so freaking ready to make your life reflect the things that actually do mean stuff to you. You really are on the right track. Um, This is the energy of what we are going through right now. We cover this um, in the app. We just released a um, new paradigm energy update, which is called Facing the Void because that is kind of what's happening. Like there's this clearing that we're all sitting in where we're like, hold on a second, what's coming next? I feel like something big is about to pop. I'm also being forced to shed so many old skins, but I know that those things are good, but now I feel naked and I need a new skin. And what does the new skin look like? So anyway, all that to say, we are in this together. This podcast is hopefully here to help you get micro about the little things that you can align. Because a lot of the time we talk about, you know, quitting the job, starting a relationship, ending a relationship, you know, those big things are very talked about as spiritual changes. But right now, it's like really the time to get micro on the things you say, the things you think, um, the little, you know, stuff that just is so there that you almost think it's part of the furniture, but it doesn't have to be. So if you want a deeper dive on the bigger pieces that are going on and how to deal with all of that, that's in the app. But I wanted to um, just bring up some little things that you might want to look at um, in this time that are just very everyday examples. I see this so much with people who are really wanting to start that thing that they secretly dream of doing. And people will say, yeah, but everyone's already doing it. And, you know, where's the space for me to do it? And obviously, we have people saying, yeah, you're going to do it in your own unique way. And that's true. But the deeper level of understanding that is that the ego is standing in your way because it wants you to feel special. So just as much as you would be fearful to do something because everyone was doing it, we are equally fearful when no one is doing it. <laughs> if it's not a thing yet. That puts us in equal fear. So either way, it helps you clarify that it really is just an ego story because you're looking to the outside world to tell you what will be successful rather than go inwards and see if is it a part of your essence is it a part of your flavor is it a part of your alignment and if so then you will do it well so it doesn't actually matter the existing 
industry and how that looks. And also because there are going to be a lot of people entering doing new things and a lot of people falling off doing stuff that they've been doing for the last four years because they thought it was cool, now realizing that they don't care about it. So the universe is like reallocating really fast. So looking at where things are now is just such a moot exercise. And it's literally just your ego who wants to give you all the reasons to stop doing it. So I just want to liberate people to realize that that's not even a thing that you should be looking at to tell you to give you the permission slip to go for it. And that's really what you said before that we got given human design at this time because it was a time when humanity could use a tool like this. And with this kind of energy happening, that's why it's so important to look to your human design to see what are the things you should be applying to. If we're looking at our chart, what can we be looking at to maybe get clarity on where we should be going even when we are being distracted by what other people are doing? What it really comes down to, if you want to look at the specifics of the information, you can look at your life theme, which is the whole purpose of your life, your karma, the things you give to you came to give. But more specifically, on a day-to-day level, it really comes to your authority. Because your authority, for example, if you're a sacral authority, you will need to feel excited about something. And that is going to be a sign that it's aligned for you. Now, you could have dampened that excitement over the years by having your mind think about it too much. But we talk about this concept so much of retiring your mind, where we're like, The mind thinks it knows best and we have given it so much energy to dissect and figure out and control and know what's coming next. But actually, to get really aligned, you have to face reality and the reality is, is that everything is unknown. And that is the scariest thing for all human beings, but you have to work with the unknown to make the unknown something that is really good and to create something out of basically a blank slate. But the blank slate is so scary to us. We try to manufacture this false sense of um, of known, right? So it really is jumping into the unknown when you say, you know what? I have all these stories about what's going to work and not work, but I'm sick and tired of listening to this thing because it's clearly, you know, causing me a lot of suffering. And actually, let me see if I can try listening to something else. And it's the thing about human design is it is so sometimes annoyingly simple and basic. And again, our egos want to make this like alignment thing like so complicated. And I had to learn all these things and I had to whatever. But actually, it's your authority and your authority, you can teach it to a kid. So we almost have to retire this idea that it has to be so hard. And again, that does make it difficult to to listen to because, oh, if it's that simple to know the answer, then that actually means you have to do it. Sometimes we are more comfortable in the figuring out of it because that's also a place where our inner opponent keeps us small and safe, right? And our inner opponent is the voice that is here to contend with us that we are always going to be pointed to as the thing that we need to slay in order to get to our next level. It's like a dragon inside and we slay the dragon. Every time we slay the dragon, every time we overcome the dragon, we grow to the next level. You were talking in the workshop that we released last week on the app about the things that we're addicted to. And that is one of the things that we're addicted to is always feeling like there's going to be this next thing that we're going to learn when Mm. in reality, the way we grow is not getting numb to the basics. Like we've said, you've said these things over and over again about strategy and authority. And there's a reason why you say them. Mm. And we don't want people to get numb to that. 
someone asked us recently, you sent it to me saying, can you tell me what your basics of your chart are and what are the yeah. things that you're still learning to contend with you and Taylor? And, um, you know, it really does come back to the thing that I'm always trying to learn in a deeper way is my strategy and my authority. Your, your strategy is um, the way you make things happen in your life. And every time my mind is kind of tempted to do something against that way that I'm supposed to, it literally is now at the point where it ricochets me back in the face because the more you practice it, the more life is going to slap you back into, no, 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 honey, this is not the thing. So it does become easier and easier to see the more you're okay to playing with it. So your strategy, so mine would be being invited. So that means that whenever try ever, it means that whenever I try to make stuff happen, reach out to this person, force an outcome, whatever, it doesn't work if I invite myself rather than wait for someone to ask me. And this goes a lot deeper in the app. So um, I'm giving a very basic one line, but there's layers and layers to the energetics behind it, right? It's not just necessarily an invitation, um, you know, like a postal mail invite or, <laughs> or me sitting on my, you know, couch twiddling my thumbs waiting for someone to, for life to happen to me. And then your authority is how you know what is right for you. And so mine is emotional. So that means there's a whole other meaning to that. But that's how I know if something is right for me or not. Now, we are addicted to knowing that something is right based on what we think it's going to create. But this is where the hook is, is you have to be okay with not knowing that it's going to be the way you want it, but that you have to energetically enter a situation in the correct aligned way for a correct aligned outcome to happen from that situation. So all you need to know to know that it's going to work out well is check yourself when you open the door and then you can trust that the rest of that walk is going to be great. But instead, what we try to do is force one um, path from that door and then try to select the door and try to paint the door and try to control the door. And that, that creates so much of a waste of energy and it just leads us further or further away from the divine timing that you access when you just relax into, okay, I don't need to know more, but I really need to take the bold steps of backing the way that I'm built, of trying to see if this actually remunerates and giving up the mind's addiction to always taking control. And that really is, I can speak for myself and I think I'm speaking for you, like those are the things that we always, always come back to because those always. are the two action steps of human design. Those are the two things that control the rest of the chart being reflected by the way you live your life. Like you will come into your life theme without even thinking about how you came into it. If you just listen to your strategy and authority and just iterate those things, you will come into your profile. You will come into your gifts. You will come into, and you know what? In ways that you could never have expected before and that's the part that is so magical is like you will be surprised and delighted by seeing what comes out of you that you didn't even know was there and your strategy and authority like you said is how you get out of the mind and one of the other things you wanted to talk about in the episode was why we need people to be like us is this one of the reasons why is because it helps our mind make sense of how we do things or why why is mm. it that we want people to be like us that's such a good sort of literal one is this, well, if my mind needs to be right about everything for me to feel secure in the world, then we need everyone to agree with our way because then it's a threat if, it, if they don't. Um, and the root of all of that is that when we were tribal human beings, 
we were learning to survive on this material plane. We needed to band together to find food, to make shelter, to have warmth at night, to create these like mini working societies where things were split, you know, tasks were shared. That's kind of how we still are living now, right? We just forgot about the sharing of the tasks and the togetherness, right? Mm -hmm. And the, if everyone does their piece, if everyone lives their unique design, we do create this beautiful community. But also a hangover from those days was that, how would I know if I um, came across another being when I was in the forest, for example, that they were on my side or not, right? Were they from my tribe or not? The things that we would kind of use to figure out if people were safe or not was, do we have a shared enemy? Do we have, do we agree on where's good to go? Where's good to move to? Um, and so if someone disagreed back then, that was a real threat to your survival. It could mean that they were from the neighboring tribe and they were here to annihilate you and take your whatever, your land and your whatever you were growing. So that's just kind of very inbuilt into our old, old, old brain before it developed to the point where we had a prefrontal cortex, before we could think for ourselves, before we had the um, reached this point where humans have kind of got down the rules of survival. And so now we can and are afforded this wonderful privilege of, okay, now we know how to survive. What can we do to feel alive? What can we do to bring us joy? What can we do to be creative and all those sorts of things? So it still feels like someone is a threat to you if they disagree, but it's not a real threat anymore. It's just a threat to your ego's persona. You can have, and I'm sure everybody listening has, has friends or loved ones that they don't agree with, but that's not, and it shouldn't be, the basis of why we like people. We should like people because there is a similar sort of fabric, if I can put it that way. If your texture either aligns so it's similar or because you find their texture fascinating and juicy and interesting and you want to go towards it and you want to learn from them. A lot of the time, the reason why we need people to agree, that is actually just making your ego worse. So I would almost say you have to be around people that don't have the same opinions or don't care about the same things. Even that's a big thing, right? Someone is not interested in the industry you're in or someone is not interested in the same passions as you. And it's wonderful to have people who do share the same passions, but this this sort of, you know, especially for people with open Ajna centers, and you can you can tap on your chart in the in the app to figure out if your Ajna is open. Which is it would be closed. white. Mm-hmm. It's the second one down in your chart. So it governs the mind and so uh, perspectives and viewpoints and opinions if you have a white ajna there's so much um, pulling you out of alignment where there's this debate culture where we're not really truly having free debate and trying to learn from each other we are just either stroking each other to convince ourselves that we are right so we're going through this dance of let me tell you i'm right you can tell me you're right we'll agree on the same stuff and then we walk away with having stroked our ego, but we haven't really connected. Or I've walked away feeling like, okay, well, that means that she's my friend or she likes me or whatever it is. Mm. Or we're entering into debate where we disagree and no one is actually going to come around, right? But there's this kind of high and this charge that we get into, again, for the ego to feel like, okay, well, I'm, I'm, I need to prove that I'm right to this person who disagrees. 
So if we could let all of that go, because we understand that truth is an ever-evolving thing, and there are perspectives on the same principles of truth, but there is never really one truth, and all you need to focus on is what is true for you in your life. And bonus points, if you have a defined ajna, define your opinions, spend time cultivating them, spend time thinking about what your perspectives are because you are here to develop them. But if you have an open ajna, and I say this often in my own life, your most powerful phrases that you can have is, yeah, I don't know, could be either, could be one, or I, if someone asks you a question, resisting the pressure of needing to know an answer if it's definitely not something you've ever really thought about or care about that much, right? So you go, yeah, it could be. I could see that because you can see that and you can see a lot of things. Which but you use that phrase a lot because you have an open ajna. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, yours is connected to your throat, which means it's meant to be spoken out. Right. But for a lot of people, even then, if you have a defined ajna, if it's not directly linked to your throat by a fully colored line, those are supposed to be inspiration. Those are supposed to be things that you maybe parlay into art, into photography, into, um, you know, some kind of creativity or just to be self-inspired to then write something or make something or advise somebody depending on whatever else is going on in your chart. So there's a lot of, we need people to be like us for safety but now we don't need that anymore. So now we have this wonderful thing of actually, if we understand that we are spending time together because we enjoy bathing in each other's auras, tell me the things you think. And I won't feel pressure to agree with them or take them on or validate you for them. I'm just curious to, to witness your essence because it is no threat to me. That you are a different set of gifts, a different set of flaws a different set of everything and I can just be there and watch it and enjoy it because I've also built up my own um knowing of who I am that I know that when you show me a difference I don't need to go into that story of that means I have to be like you or that means you have to be like me or one of us is wrong so I'll either judge you or criticize myself when I come away from that and it's a very, very freeing way of having a conversation. And not only that, you actually then feel connected to the person who's in front of you instead of just having your egos dance with each other for a temporary moment and then you leave and you feel empty, even though you're like, you know what, I actually really do like that person. And this leads me to another thing that's going on at the moment that I wanted to talk about, which is connection. You know, when we are able to know that our work is completely irrespective of whatever else we're witnessing outside of us. And our work is to sit in the seat of our aura, our essence, and work on that. Nothing else is a threat to us. Then we feel free to be our, what we often reference as the unthought through self, which means you can just be and say and do whatever comes to you in that moment. Know that you kind of can't get it wrong if you see something that comes out that you're like, mm, I wish I don't want to do that. Perfect. You have something to work on now, you know, and perfect. You can work on self-acceptance around it and perfect. Hopefully that person, well, you can then have a very honest conversation with them about it, or maybe they will judge you. And then that's a different story. And maybe they don't like the real you, but at least um, 
if we want people to love us for who we are, we have to actually show them who we really are. Because even then, if you are the most loved person on planet Earth, if you're still playing a persona, you're not going to be able to receive that love because you know deep down that they don't see they're loving you on a conditional part of you. And so because people are reevaluating their dynamics, their connections, all of those things at the moment, again, it is, I'm not going to lie and say, it's just about cutting out toxic people and you're the light and whatever. It's it's deeper than that. And I, I don't want to lie to people about it is more work and it is unknown because it's jumping into the abyss of, I am at a point, and this is where all of us are, we are sick and tired of the old stuff and doing it the old way, where a lot of us are reaching the point of, you know what, this is hard to try and show people a little bit more of my real self today than I did yesterday. But it's worth finding out if it remunerates more than what I'm currently getting. And this is the dare of the lifetime. And this is no one coming to save me but me. And this is an experiment. But I want you to know that we are all in this together. It is okay because we are all facing this unknown. And this is how we truly become the masters of our own lives and the creators of the world around you. Because this is the thing about the universe. The universe is so, it's like no work for him or her to just like flick her finger and throw you a castle if that's what you want to manifest. Like that's not the hard part. (laughs) The hard part is it's going to throw you all of that if that's what your soul truly wants. If it sees you becoming more like the universe in terms of mirroring the consciousness of the way that the universe works. So if you live your life according to these principles that it matters most to me to be my true self. It matters most to me to keep my connection with the creator. It matters most to me to do the thing, to, to pull out and to express out of me the specific gifts that are on loan to me in this life. And those are my priorities everything else gets kind of rearranged around you to be actually a very good thing. You don't need to cut out those toxic people, quote unquote, all of a sudden, some of them might seem like you see a whole different side of them because you're showing up to them differently. And maybe they will have to be cut out later on down the line, but at least you know that you've kept your side of the street the way you want it or are continuing to do it. And then the universe will start to rearrange and then you can look at those pieces from a true place where they're actually responding to a more realer you. And then you realize actually you had to probably do less heavy lifting than <laughs> if you just tackled the outside. Is um this almost, you talk about this idea of like tribal energy and us wanting to kind of relate on things. Is that almost a negative expression of using tribal? And if it is, then what is the right way to connect with each other if it's not that we need to be the same if it's not that can you go a little bit more into what that actually looks like it it's almost like imagine you have a specific shape of a puzzle and you are one piece there are people who have the puzzle piece that slot in next to you above or below or sideways or four We actually don't know how much time and we don't need to know how much time. But that feeling of when you have a resonance with somebody on a soul level, on a we have a common goal to achieve something and work together, um, a shared mission, that's really the, the tribe was here to create a container for everyone's individual thriving to happen. So what is that container is mutual support, mutual respect, 
being drawn to each other, maybe having chemistry, and I don't just mean romantic or sexual. And just then, that's when a love and appreciation can be born out of. So there has to be that initial draw. There has to be that initial, we mesh on some level, like our Venn diagrams cross on something like, okay, you and me have a shared mission. We have the same things we care about. But does that mean that I need to judge myself because I have a different morning routine to you? You know, does that mean I need to get in a spin about because I respect you, I need to be doing life the same way as you? Does it mean it doesn't, right? So you have to have a shared overlap on something. And then there has to be this championing, whether it's strong from someone you live with, um, you know, share the same home with, or whether it's just from afar, a, a mutual championing, a mutual witnessing of, oh, this person is not me, but I I love their essence. I think their essence is beautiful, even if they're not expressing all of it yet. I, I feel a, a kinship to this person's energy without needing to know why, without needing to create a story around it, without needing to know that's because they're good or they're bad, and not because being drawn to that person says something about you. Do you like that person even if you were never to become anything like them? Do you like them if your parts are completely different? It's a resonance inside. And, you know, we are becoming better energy readers. And so it's that. And then the work becomes, can I mutually support them and not feel threatened by what they're doing? Can I not feel like it's, um, you know, I need to reevaluate myself every time I see them in their lane, in their magic lane, doing something great because I'm so strong inside. And ironically, you know, that's another thing I wanted to talk about is that myth of like, you know, small, big life, small circle. Ironically, maybe you have a lot of people, maybe you don't have a lot of people as you come into the mastery and the becoming of your real self. Your actual quality of your connections gets deeper when you are so strong in yourself because you invite and you create and you go first in that mutual championing of each other's paths and differences rather than kind of this performative um, over agreeing and then walking away and feeling insecure. It's almost too like, I like that you point out that it, it actually, it is difficult to champion people's individualness because it is uncomfortable to try to be yourself in a world where you see people being so different than you. And it, you think that the way to feel more comfortable is by trying to get the people around you to be like you. But in reality, it's going, oh, look how different this person is to me. That means I can be different too. And then actually showing up as you and letting them show up as them and realizing that you're connecting over something real, not something that you've like curated about yourself or curated about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's no, you can see the pieces for what they truly are. So you're not manufacturing connection, which is why all of us are feeling empty. Mm. Because manufactured connection ain't stacking up anymore. It's not doing it for us the way that it used to. <laughs> it isn't. And it's making us insecure. Yeah. But you're right. And I like that you point that out because it starts in really what we said at the top of the conversation. If no one was doing it or if everyone was doing it, this is my vow to my soul that I will do what it wants me to do. And then the more I make that contract right, do right by it, and the more I activate in my life of being and expressing the gifts that I have, then you are coming at it from a more secure place anyway. 
And so you can then be like, oh my gosh, how fascinating that you innovated in this pottery thing. And that's so cool. And that's amazing. And I love this and I love hearing about it and I love watching you do it. And I it makes me high on life because I get to experience a different kind of human and human expression if we are all just individual shards of one big, you know, glass that is the light. I can see your shard and I can almost enjoy what it would be like to be your shard without you changing it because then neither of us would be it and without me changing it because I'd be a terrible pottery shard. <laughs> In the same way that we, I think we've kind of alluded to this idea before on the podcast, but in the same way that we like watching all different kinds of movies because we like to taste all different kinds of humans, champion other people's individuality and championing your own individuality actually you get a more um, well-rounded experience of being a human and you get to taste all these different kinds of being humans. And that's actually what we want. That's how yeah. we get enjoyment from life. It makes it so colorful. So almost do it selfishly, like champion yeah. people to go in opposite ways because like you will have a richer life experience and also the world will be so much better. One of the basic principles of human design is a, and it's on the title of, of Ra Uruhu, the, the creator's original book, is um, the science of differentiation. Because our world is so homogenized, we're being shunted into these very narrow paths and ways of being and ways of acting, ways of talking, kind of careers, all those things, that it has kind of zapped all the spark and the creativity and the colorfulness out of life. We think life is colorful now, but imagine what it could be if we were all brave enough to go off and dehomogenize and decondition and really, um, instead of thinking that the parts of us that stick out make us oh so wrong and oh so lovable, actually would end up ironically making us feel more connected and more accepted and more revered than, than trying to be the way that we were conditioned to be.